Hey guys, Becky here. Just a heads up that I had a technical glitch with this episode and we needed to record it over the phone line. So the audio quality isn't up to our usual standards. Regardless, this episode is packed with great stories about some fantastic movies, which are, fortunately, all easy to get because our guests work for the company that distributes them. So please bear with us. Thanks as always for listening. And now, on with the show. After all, there is nothing real outside our perception of reality, is there? If you wish to avoid prosecution, I would advise that you comply with our language laws. This is the Royal Canadian Movie Podcast. Hey there, and welcome to the RCMP. That's the Royal Canadian Movie Podcast. I'm your host today, Becky Shrimpton, and with me once again, I have the fabulous Jonathan Gross, President, and Terry Kupik, who is VP of Distribution and Marketing, both of Unobstructed View. We're talking about distribution in Canada and some of the great films they've got out through Unobstructed View, representing their different distribution partners through the United States and across the world. Jonathan, welcome. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Good. Thank you for coming good. back for round two. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, this is going to be great. To find someone as passionate about a Canadian film as you are, I think you should be have some sort of screen dedicated to you at TIFF or something. <laughs> Thank you. I, I want that on my epitaph. She just likes Canadian yeah. films. Like, that'll just be it. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then I've got Carrie uh, Kubitz. Welcome. How are you? Good, thanks. Thanks for having good. us on. It is such a pleasure. Now, when we last uh, talked to you guys, we were talking about Kino Lorber and some of the great materials they were putting out that they've got a great access to um, a bunch of documentaries and the MGM catalog. And there's some really exciting stuff. And if people want to know more about that, they can go back and listen to episode one that was put out last week. Subscribe people and you won't miss an episode. The first movie you guys selected for this week was Rumble, Indians Who Rocks the World. Who picked this one? We're working with Resolution Pictures on, it's part of a trilogy. Uh, Kerry can expand on that a bit. And there's a third one coming uh, about Indians impact or natives or indigenous impact on popular culture. And yeah, the trilogy is, the first one is, is called Real Engine, which I'm, you may have talked about, I don't know. Um, and then the second one, Real Engine is about um, indigenous uh, portrayal in film. And then Rumble is about, is it, they're all documentaries. Rumble is a documentary about um, Indigenous influence in music. And uh, the new film coming is going to be about, yeah, as Jonathan said, general Indigenous influence in, in pop culture generally. Yeah, so it'll be portrayals and commercials, you know, like that. You fashion. Know, imagery, fashion. It's going to be a little, more, a little more academic, but we're excited about it. It'll be ready at the end of the year, I believe. And we're going to be distributing it, so we're excited about that. Um, really yeah, Rumble. You know, I, I used to be a I used to be a music critic. So one of my favorite songs is "Come and Get Your Love" by Redbone. <laughs> I don't, you know, one of, one of the great one hit wonders of the Midnight Special era. And, I have to admit, I, Jonathan, that when I watch this documentary, I've had that song stuck in my head for over a week now, and I'm driving my partner nuts just like randomly <laughs> humming it to myself. So, so this is on you. He's very upset. Like I said in the first exact episode, same thing happened to me when I saw it. It's a great track. It's a great track. It it it, it is exploitive, but it is a great track. And Redbone never even equaled that in the future. It was great. I think a lot of it does with Link Ray, Robbie Robertson, you know, Buffy St. Marie, a lot of people who 
you know, have indigenous backgrounds and, and their passion for music, how music is integrated with their whole outlook on life. I think that the, the film was very, very well done. And I think we always like to see underdogs, uh, you know, get their day in the sun. And I think it was it was a terrific a terrific little film. And it took off fab. And we did the okay, we did some of the theatrical for that, didn't we? Um, a little bit. Like we with Kino Lorber Films, we work with the TIFF Film Circuit, which does screenings across Canada um, of different uh, films, obviously. And yeah, we we worked with them on Rumble. It was extremely successful uh, with with the the film circuit audience across the country, actually. Documentaries don't always do that well, but this one did. Because it wasn't it wasn't a politicized type of documentary. It was a cultural documentary. And people love music documentaries. I mean, we've got the word rockumentary like that is in our lexicon. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. I mean, I and we we put on a few ourselves. We're looking at a couple of. I mean, it's been done a little bit, but there's still some good ones. This was a good one. It's a good one for for uh, to take a look at something that no one really looked at. And and I think everybody was, like I said, any documentary that leaves you feeling a little better about life is always a good documentary. And I, and I thought it was, I thought, okay, I'm kind of proud to be Canadian. I'm kind of proud that there's this kind of thing going on. And the music is good. And I think it, it did very well. And these guys at Resolution in Montreal, I mean, they're very committed to this tableau. I mean, they're... They're they're very very involved in what they do and they they're very passionate and, and putting together the financing for these things is not easy. They they really lead with their hearts and that's what got us involved with them. It wasn't just sort of like where to cash in makes it go here. They they want to go for the long haul. I should say that for people who want to look up resolution, it's resolution with a Z as or a Z in Canada uh, as in like a reservation. So it's got uh, it's also got that indigenous link there as well. Right. The greatest thing in life is are things that surprise everybody, right? I loved this film so much. I had heard about it when it came out. I couldn't get into the TIFF screening when it came out at TIFF. Or sorry, at Hot Dogs. I couldn't get into the Hot Dogs screening when it came out at Hot Dogs because it was sold out for the entire festival. It was like, boom, biggest thing playing. Uh, it won the audience choice that year. Like it just, like you said, it just took off. Um, and so I was waiting to, to have it come back around again to arrive like you guys managed to get it out there so everybody can see it. And I think what this does so well that a lot of rock documentaries don't do is that it ties the political aspects, the, the historical aspects, the moment in time with the modern impact. And so you not only is there like a great panel of talking heads on here, I mean, you're looking at Slash, right. you're looking at Marty Scorsese, you're looking at right. Iggy Pop. Uh, Robbie Robertson, most of the people who are have not passed away, who are featured as people in the film, are talking heads in this film. So you get to hear their point of view. The archival footage they have is ridiculous. And apparently they had like over 10,000 pieces of it. It originally came from um, a Smithsonian presentation, a Smithsonian right. uh, piece. So they had all of that archival footage basically ready to go. And then they popped it all into this linear. It's all these different vignettes chronologically of all these different people who have influenced everybody um, from uh, looking at the Rolling Stones to uh, even further back, looking at Tony Bennett. Um, it's, it's just this incredible feat 
of assembly and documentary. One of the biggest challenges, I don't know if you guys would agree with me, is like when you have these huge, uh, like decade spanning stories with all of this footage, how do you make it make sense? And they do this so stunningly. And like you said, it's not a bummer. It could very easily be a bummer, but it's joyous and wonderful and celebratory of the work these people have done. Right. And what they don't do, and there are talking hands, but it doesn't overpower the music or the footage that they have. I, I'm a, I really hate talking heads in, in documentaries. I find it a cheap way of making film. I mean, if you ever look at the um, Super Duper Alice Cooper documentary, mm. uh, there's no talking heads. No, that's fascinating and, the way they've done that. And this one has a minimum of talking heads, but what they've done is the talking heads they have are iconic. So, so you're going to want to see these people. It wasn't like they were kind of populating like we, we were going to put out a film called uh, The Fiddler Documentary on Fiddler on the Roof, and it was too many talking heads and too many minor people. But the film did well. I mean, it's a good movie. I produced a documentary on roller derby years ago, and, and we try to keep the talking heads down to a minimum. And this film, just the music stripes right through it. And uh, Stevie Salas, who is uh, one of the talking heads in this, uh, he's also a world-famous guitarist who plays with, like, the best of the best around the world. Um, right. He was the executive producer on this. And you can really tell that his love just permeates the whole thing of wanting to share and celebrate all of these stories. And uh, and also I found out about him because we also don't think that often about ses session musicians. There's a few good documentaries out there about them. But you're like, no, these are the people that really help contribute to the music, right? Like Robbie Robertson in the band. Yeah, no, if we're no, going to no, talk Robbie about Robert. session musicians, we should quickly mention that we did distribute a film called The Wrecking Fruit, which is all about session musicians, and it's really good. Yes, yes, I remember. That's exactly what I was thinking of. I just couldn't remember the name of <laughs> yeah. it. Great. Okay, yeah, you guys put that one out, too. Great, we can name names. We can promote that, too. <laughs> <laughs> we're yeah. just trying to get as many, many people buying stuff from us. As <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm saying. But you're right. Session musicians are fascinating, and and it's it's and it's it's wonderful to see them getting a little bit of time in the sun in films like Rumble and The Wrecking Crew. It's like twenty feet from startup. I mean, this this classic stuff. It's Muscle Shoals. It's it's you know memories of Motown. I mean, it's it's that was the first one I think was was the Motown one, and that caught everybody's attention. And uh, now the people are we we get. These documentaries cross our desk every day, so we're trying to figure out what the next big one is. We should also note that uh, because this is executive produced by Americans, about a number of American artists, there are Canadian artists in this, of course, like Buffy St. Marie and Robbie Robertson, um, but it is dealing with a lot of American history of music. It crosses in a little bit into Canada, but not quite as much. It is interesting to see these, this Canadian influence into American popular culture, uh, and of course the way the Brits um, totally adopted that sort of American culture as well, to make things that was even more world-changing, like with the Beals and the Rolling Stones adopting blues and uh, and whatnot, and the, the origins of where the blues actually came from and, and interbreeding, and it's it's just fascinating. And again, beautifully put together in that you care about the music, but you're getting all this story in between it of where these sounds came from. It, it's very woven as opposed to assembled. Yeah, so yeah, it's stunning. Which means I'm very excited to see what they put out next. Because I did see, we haven't talked about it in the show yet. I'm trying to get someone to do so. Real Indian also spelled, or Real Engine spelled R-E-E-L. Engine, like the deeply inappropriate way of saying Indian, um, is how that film is, uh, what that film is titled. And that one is about um, a portrayal of Americans on, or American Indians 
uh, their phrasing uh, in film and talking about like, for example, headbands were so that the wigs would stay on people who are playing Indigenous characters who were not Indigenous. It's, it's pretty wild, some of the stuff they're able to unearth in that one. We are going to put on a box set of the three of them uh, in the not too distant future when the new one gets made. So you'll look for that. Now, the next film you guys chose uh, is This Changes Everything from 2015. This is not to be mistaken with a more recent film from 2018, I believe, called This Changes Everything about the Me Too movement. Uh, this one is different. This one is Naomi Klein and Abby Lewis, people who a lot of Canadians should be familiar with. Uh, why did you guys pick this one? We have a, a close personal friend in New York who's a sales agent, and he offered us a film. And we, we put up for was also a substantial amount of money. You know, this is Naomi Klein, and and uh, she has her own, how do I put this, society, you know, and she has her own point of view. It's a very strong point of view, and this has never happened to us before. Uh, we signed the film, and the CBC called us. You know, I'm not as politically on, 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 as, as, as left as, as Naomi and her husband. I've never met two people more passionate about what they do and more invested in what they do. I think it's a tribute to the um, human condition. They could they could get so involved in what they do. And they had, don't forget, they had a lot of people involved in this film as executive producers. We threw a party for them that was at, was at the TIFF, and Pamela Anderson was involved, and was Alfonso Cuarón involved, Carrie? Yeah, Alfonso Cuarón is one of the executive producers, and um, Seth, yeah, Seth, Seth MacFarlane. And- Danny Glover is on that list too, which I was like, this is like the weirdest level of EPs I think I've ever seen. <laughs> But don't forget, don't forget, don't forget. Pam has her own, you know, animal, animal uh, charities, and Quran has. Oh, she's a huge environmentalist, and so is Quran. Yeah, so these are people. Children of Men is an environmental film. She was quite nice. Of a a mindset and of of a moment that that still works today. And we we ran this thing on the film on the on a circuit of of activist groups, and we did huge numbers. And it it she has a real audience. I mean, she created something. So not so much about the film, but about Naomi Klein's at that point and still today and her her power. Yeah, and we should maybe explain really quickly that this is a documentary that's about, it's based on a book by Naomi Klein and it's directed by her husband, Avi Lewis, who are both Canadian. And it's, um, it's the, the central thesis of the documentary is essentially, and the book is essentially, what if the climate crisis is, an actu- is actually an opportunity for us to make a the world better and and it sort of examines that in different areas of the world the same same title uh the book was this changes everything capitalism versus the climate by naomi klein and she wrote the book in tandem with the film so the film is meant to be almost like a a companion Companion. to the book yeah so it's uh so you're supposed to read the book then watch this and get the both as the call to action and they got yeah so that's obama's the guy who made obama yeah, the guy who did the Hope, the Obama Hope um, poster, Shepard Ferry, he did the poster for This Changes Everything, which kind of looks like the heat miser, as I pointed out to Avi, and he said, well, I think that's appropriate. <laughs> like the heat miser from the Christmas uh, special. And This Changes Everything, we put this film out, like we bought the film in August, that it world premiered at the Toronto Film Festival in September. And there was a Canadian election, I guess it was 2015. Um, right. And so the Canadian election was in October. 
And, you know, we were contractually obligated to release it before October. So we put this film out really fast. It was a real labor of love. I should mention, like, Daniela Ponce, who worked with us on the publicity at the time, was working for Ingrid Hamilton, who did the, they did the PR. And, and she's a huge Naomi fangirl, and as am I. And the two of us, it was our, it was a real, labor. we worked very hard on this film, and it was, it was a privilege to do so. 2015, so like a lot has happened in the five years since this film was right. put out and was the call yeah. to action. Um, and uh, one yeah. of the things that happened was the Fort McMurray fire happened in 2016. So when they're in right. Fort McMurray discussing discussing what was happening, that was all completely eradicated and shut down when those massive fires just burned through and decimated um, a lot of the oil industry there. Uh, I'm Albertan, so this stuff is very familiar to me. And when I was watching, it, I was like, oh, I know those boys. I have seen those boys get very drunk and rough shit up. Uh, <laughs> well, I think they were, I should say they were actually in Cold Lake, not oh, Fort McMurray. Yes, yeah. I, yeah. I know you're from Edmonton, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I lived in Cold Lake when I was a kid, actually. Um, so that's why I felt like compelled to point that out. <laughs> no, I appreciate that. Thank you. They are, they are different things. Um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting. And especially as now we're talking about, I mean, what's happening with Wet'suwin and, um, and the pipeline protests. And so seeing something like this, that where they took such a positive approach to it being like, like she says, right at the very beginning, I'm tired of sad polar bears. Let's take a different approach to how we're talking about climate change because we have to talk about it. But how are we going to do that? Um, I think the way that she's approached this through a method of hope and that people even on the inside understand, like people who are working on the rigs, uh, understand that some changes need to be made. It's just how do we do that? And this is just such a great beginner talking point of people who may not know much about what's happening and how deep and dire it is and how you can affect change. Just after this film came out, Naomi and Avi launched um, the Leap Manifesto, which is also, it's almost an offshoot of, of a similar um, a thinking of, of of, yeah, using it, this, this is an opportunity to make positive change in the world. It doesn't have to be, like you said, sad polar bear, like she said, sad polar bears. And people can find that online. It's still going on, the Leap Manifesto. And um, she's she's continuing the movement that started with the film. So with Naomi, it's a chapter in the story. You know, so she, she has chapters and, and a new chapter and things like that. And she has a community. I mean, it's not just, uh, you know, she has people who worship her. And uh, it was just, you know, it was not our usual kind of release. And we, we enjoyed every minute of it. And they were very charming and very supportive and helpful. Did all yeah, the they're tireless in, in supporting this. They yeah. toured across Canada with the film the week that it came out um, and did um, events at ever, in various cities across the country to, to help move people. Move the needle. Yeah, no, exactly. it, was, it, was, it was great. And yeah, we don't normally do those kind of films, but that one worked out thanks to our friends in New York. And uh, We also haven't talked about Naomi Klein on the show yet. We did talk about the corporation when we had Scott Vrooman on the show uh, from Picnic Face and a number of other great things. Scott Vrooman talked about uh, how much the corporation affected him. So, I mean, Canada has this huge history of these, like, very thoughtful documentaries, often world-changing. Right. We do so well on the stage. Um, but I don't think a lot of people know that Naomi Klein really comes by her activism, honestly. Her mother was uh, Bonnie Sure Klein. Her and her father were draft dogs 
Rogers uh, from the Vietnam War who ended up in Canada. And uh, Bonnie was a filmmaker and she ended up working for Studio D, which was the women's unit in the NFB. We talked about that a little bit when we talked about um, the true story of, or Forbidden Love, the true story of lesbian lives. Go listen to that one. Um, but uh, she made a film that was incredibly well uh, regarded, which was uh, about pornography called Not a Love Story, a film about pornography in 1981, which was absolutely huge. So That's Naomi huge, really took a huge movie. Yeah. Huge movie. Yeah. So she took a lot of her activism and her, her political leanings, et cetera, from her mother and from her father. And her brother as well is very actively engaged in uh, social reform, et cetera. But I believe he's from a political angle. Um, but yeah, it's, it's so she's just fascinating as a uh, Canadian um, descendant who is really starting to mess stuff up generationally, which is neat. And, yeah. and, and, and Avi Lewis comes from Stephen Lewis and David Lewis. So we know who they are. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Weird how these people are like, hey, we've got this platform. Let's use it for good. Right. Yeah. No, no. I, I, I think they, like I said, some of the politics I'm not in agree with, but but I, I, I'm very impressed by the level of commitment. Naomi Klein is a real an actual genius, I think. Like she's 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 incredible. Her books take these really complicated things and put them in ways that are extremely easy to understand. And and she's she's really gifted. At, she's an amazing writer, and she's incredibly smart. Like it's, I, I I think she's a real asset to Canada. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. I think I mean definitely her work starts conversations, and I think those conversations are things that are worth having. So incredibly helpful. Uh, on that note, let's tell people how they can find both Rumble as well as this changes everything. Carrie, do you want to get us in there? So Rumble is available through Unobstructed View. Unobstructedview.com. Yeah, well, yes, we release it on DVD and Blu-ray, and it, and uh, you can find it at our website, unobstructedview.com. And uh, Keno Lorber has it out on um, iTunes and Google Play and all over the place. And This Changes Everything is uh, also on, uh, it's on iTunes. It's on, available on DVD and Blu-ray as well. Um, where else is it, Jonathan? I think, is it still on TV? Uh, I don't think so. I think so. I think we're... Um, no, I don't think so at all. It was, on, it was on CBC and APTN for a piece, but not anymore. Yeah, but I feel like somebody... Oh, hopefully it will be on TV again in Canada soon. I right. can't really say anything about that, but we're working on the second window of it right now, actually. But anyway, if you want to see it today... It's on iTunes. It's on DVD and Blu-ray. Fantastic. Uh, I love a lot of the stuff you guys are putting out. I think people should definitely follow you guys on Twitter, on social media, et cetera. Uh, if you want to follow them on Twitter, you can go check them out at at Unview Inc. Um, that's where I do most of my social media. So I just assume that's where all the cool kids are. Uh, you can follow my podcast, the Royal Canadian Movie Podcast, at RCM Pod on Twitter. And you can follow me personally at RCM Pod. Once again, Jonathan, Carrie, thank you so much for joining me today. I know this is going to be a real treat. You've got Thanks a good so future in AM radio. <laughs> Thank you. I, you talk, I appreciate you cram that. a lot of words. That you, you could do. You could be a great AM DJ from the 60s. I mean, spinning hot stacks of hot wax. I have to tell you, you're, you're very, very good. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. I, I missed my decade. This is the problem. I should have yes. been there in the 60s. Top 40, my friend. <laughs> Amazing. Thank uh, you so much, both of you. Hope to see you soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. This was a lot of fun. Thanks for listening to the Royal Canadian Movie Podcast. If you like what we're doing, please remember to rate us and subscribe on iTunes or on your favorite podcatcher. 
It helps people find our podcast and Canadian media they love. Come chat with us at RCM Pod on Facebook or on Twitter at RCM Pod. Our theme song is by Craig Stewart and our show art is by Paul Stachniak. Join us next week for another great film from the wilds of Canadian cinema.